The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired man who is not a shepherd and whose sheep are not his own sees a wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf catches and scatters them. This is because he works for pay and has no concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know mine, and mine know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I will lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. These also I must lead, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock, one shepherd. This is why the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own. I have power to lay it down and power to take it up again. This command I have received from my Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Fourth Sunday of Easter is traditionally called Good Shepherd Sunday on account of the gospel that we read, that Jesus who comes to remind us that he is the Good Shepherd. And as we hear the message of the Good Shepherd, the invitation for us is rather simple, to come to know the Shepherd as ours, not just as one who is separate from us or one that we're not connected with. Know that Jesus refers to the flock as mine. Not just a simple group that's disconnected from him, but something that is intimately connected to him. There are two important things for us to recognize in the scripture that we hear today as Jesus speaks to us about this shepherd that he is. It's it's striking to us note that our reading begins and ends with the reality of Jesus laying down his life for us. And this is the first and greatest thing of the Good Shepherd, as it comes to step in between us and the wolves. Jesus points out how there are two different types of shepherd. There's one who's there for the money, who's there for the pay, basically just to take care of someone else's sheep to do his job, but not really to invest himself in their care and security. Worst comes to worst, he leaves the flock and he cuts his losses, he loses a few bucks. But it's not a terrible thing for him because he's not connected to the sheep. In contrast, there's the good shepherd who's not there for the money. He's there for his sheep because they are his sheep. He's invested in them. He knows them. And they know him. They know his voice. And so Christ is this good shepherd who's not concerned about going to get something for himself out of the deal. But he's only concerned with what we get out of the deal. What the sheep receive from the shepherd, not what the shepherd can receive from the sheep. And so Jesus comes to us as the good shepherd to lay down his life. This is the greatest thing that Christ gives to us. Because it's in laying down his life that we find salvation. A sheep can't really defend itself against wolves. The only thing that it can do, the best it can do half the time, is to run away, to scatter But Christ recognizes that whenever the wolves come after us, 
rather than for him to step out of the way and for us to be able to just take full force of whatever the wolves desire to bring to us, he steps in between us and he accepts on our behalf what is rightly ours, the suffering that is rightly ours. He takes it onto himself. As people, we sin. It's part of our broken nature. And the simple reality is that sin merits death. We don't like to think about it that way. But the wages of sin, as St. Paul says, is death. Even the smallest of sins is a way in which we turn against God, who is life. And the opposite of life is death. And so to sin means that we merit death. That everything we deserve, everything we suffer, everything we endure in the course of this life, in a certain sense we deserve because of our sins. But ultimately it's Christ who comes to be able to stand between us and the greatest of deaths, eternal death, hell. Christ comes and he accepts onto himself. Though he himself never experienced sin, he becomes sin for us. It's the word the scripture used. He becomes sin. It, it consumes him so much. He takes all of the sin of humanity and places it on himself. He accepts on our behalf what is our punishment. And as such, we live. We can have eternal life because the shepherd has saved the sheep. The wolf is gone. And we rejoice in the gift of his love. The love that the shepherd has for us. This is a simple image of the second important, second and important thing that we hear in the scripture today. Namely, that Jesus actually is with us. That he's not just separate from us or kind of around us but not connected to us. Jesus doesn't run when the wolves come around. Rather, he comes closer. Oftentimes we can think that whenever things are difficult in the course of our life, whenever things are less than ideal from our perspective, Christ doesn't necessarily want to be around us. In our sinfulness, sometimes we can think that that the Lord certainly can't love me after I've done that. Certainly he can't forgive this sin. Certainly after I've been away from him for so long, after uh, this this sheep has strayed from the flock for so many years, certainly the shepherd wouldn't be happy to have me again. We can think that in our anger sometimes, whether against God, against others, or against ourselves, that God can't be okay with coming to us in the midst of our anger that we experience, in the midst of the unforgiveness sometimes of our heart. Whenever things are difficult... If we're honest with ourselves, we can be tempted to despair, to lose faith, to recognize and to wonder in the quiet of our hearts and sometimes the voice in our lips, how is it that God can be so good and yet this still happens? It's easy for us to simply presume that whenever these kind of questions arise in our heart, whenever things are less than pleasant in the spiritual life, whenever things are not so great and the sheep kind of smells a little funky, That Christ doesn't want to be around us, but the exact opposite is true. Christ longs to be with us. It's why he took on our flesh. It's why he's come to us. It's easy for us to think that we can just try to hide pieces and parts. The parts that are not so pleasant. The parts that we think Jesus isn't happy about or wouldn't be pleased with. Maybe he's ashamed of us if we do certain things. 
is for us to take all of that and bring it to Christ. Oftentimes, I think all of us probably have a closet or maybe even a whole room in our house, which whenever we know that somebody's coming over and we don't have time to actually clean things, you just take it and you throw it in that space, you throw it in that closet, in that room, you shut the door, and you trust that no one's going to open it. And it's easy to do the same with Christ. To come and to present all the, the nice parts of the house. But Lord, do not open that closet. Because that is a wreck. Don't open that room, Lord, because that will be a terrible thing. But it's that room that Christ wants to enter the most. It's that room that Christ desires to be with us in. It's Christ who comes to us and he says, is there something that's broken? Let's fix it. Is there something that needs cleaning? Let's clean it together. Rather than to be ashamed of all of these things, Christ, as the good shepherd, wants us to bring them first and foremost. To bring the dirtiest things of our house, of our heart. To bring all of them to him. Because he's a good shepherd. He's with us. He's not afraid of the wolves. He's not afraid of the hard things in our life. He knows them better than we know ourselves. And he wants them to be with us. To come and to rest in these places. Jesus speaks about his sheep. About how we know his voice. And the important thing for us is that in all of these places for us, ultimately, to be able to encounter the good shepherd and to know his voice. And also to speak to him that he knows ours. We must be people of prayer. Absolutely. If we are Christians without a prayer life, we're not actually Christians. We're people living like Christians. But if we don't have a relationship with Christ, everything is a facade. It's emptiness behind it. It's the importance of prayer. It's because that prayer is in place in which we encounter Jesus Christ. We encounter the shepherd. We can look like so many sheep, but if we don't actually know the voice of the shepherd, we won't follow. We're not part of the flock. And he longs for us to be part of the flock. As baptized members in Christ, we are the flock. But sometimes we struggle to stay straight. Not to fall away from Christ, to seek our own will. So this is the place where prayer is most important for us. As prayer is the place where we come to learn the voice of the shepherd. To pray with the scriptures. To listen to them here at Holy Mass. To pray them in your own time, privately. To join a Bible study or a prayer group. To reflect together with other Christians. On the words that Christ speaks to us. These are important things. There are many voices in the world that speak to us. And usually it's the voice of Christ that's the most quiet. The devil loves to shout at us. The world loves to shout at us. But Christ comes and he speaks quietly to our heart. And it's important for us to listen. And not just to listen, but to respond. To be able to come to Christ and give all of the stuff of our life to him. To be a muddy, smelly, funky sheep. 
and to rejoice because Christ still loves us. Because man looks at the exterior, the appearance, but Christ looks to the heart. Sometimes we can be worried about how we look on the outside. Worried about all the exterior things that can be seen. But Christ says those are the least important. I want your heart. I don't care how you look on the exterior. I don't care all the the stuff on the outside. Your sin, that's fine. We can take a bath. We can clean you up. We can go to confession. That's easily fixed. But your heart, your heart is the thing. The heart is the most important piece. To give that to Christ. And so that's the invitation for us today. Is to come in the midst of this Mass and to hear that the voice of the shepherd calls to us. And he says, come. Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Come. Will we follow?